Boom. Okay, we're, we're recording. Welcome, everyone, to our Motzei uh, Shabbat uh, Daf Yomi class. Tonight's Daf is going to be Daf Chavtet 29. We're starting on Chavchet Amubet. Incidentally, the plan is for the three-day holiday coming up, which is uh, we have uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Shabbat. So Shabbat, we're going to do Motzei Shabbat that that should be fine. We have Thursday and Friday's daf. That should be a little bit of a problem. What we'd like to do in theory is to try to get a little bit ahead, try to be an amud ahead, uh, going into, at least an amud ahead going into the holiday. And then we want to have, on Erev Pesach, we want to have a double daf. We want to have a morning daf, and we want to have a night, a, a right before Shabbat daf, right before holiday daf. This way, uh, together with the Amud, we'll only be an Amud behind it. We should not fall. We should be able to catch it up as we go further. They're not small Amudim. They happen to be nice-sized ones. Uh, Dan, when you sent me the, the, the Metiftas, was two or three? How many were in the thing? I gave you, so I gave you number two, but number three, they were back-ordered. Huh? Was ah, missing. it's back-ordered. That's so right. I got, so I got, I got I ordered two and four. three and four, but I got, I got two, two and four, four. and they, sent me, they didn't send me number three. I'll try to get okay, it this fine. week. Without the okay, fine. But so far, so I, I, I just thought maybe I misplaced it in the house. Okay, fine. But I never got it. Okay, where does good. he get on? Where does he, where, when, where, in the middle of Pesach, no? Uh, well, this makes it to Lamed Vav. Not bad. I think Lamed Vav, we have another. We'll make it to the end of Pesach, just about. Nine. No, you're not going to make it to the end, are you? Nine. Oh, it's less. We're 29 tonight. Um, I was seven blocks. So yeah, we're in the middle of Pesach. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. Okay. Let's get started, guys. Mishnah Okay. So the way I understand it is follows. We have a Pitilata Beged is a piece that comes off of a garment. So you had a big garment and you cut a piece off the garment. That's called Pitilata Beged. Now, means that you, you, you decided to use it as a wick. Okay, so you have a piece of a garment and you decide to use it as a wick. Now, kifla means you doubled it over in order to use it as a wick. You double it in order to start using it as a wick. But you didn't singe it. Now, singeing it means that when you want to use it as a wick, you put it into the fire a bit and it gets the, the the ends of it get a little burnt, and it's easier to light. That's called kibhaba, I believe. Okay. So says the Gemara. Well, let's see Rashi. That shikifla kimoshi godim spitilot v'lo hibaba ala shall have it. You didn't put it on the flame. Kideshia muchracha betadikafe in order that it should be singed and light. Well, timeahi. So so there's 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 two parts about the Mishnah. Number one is. Is it Tameh or is it Tahor? That's one part of it. Meaning, Tameh meaning, can it get Tameh? Not, is it Tameh? It doesn't automatically become Tameh when you singe it. We're telling you, can it become Tameh? The two sides of that is, if it's a Beged, then it can become Tameh. And if it stops being a Beged and starts being a Wick, then it can't be Tameh. Okay? So let's read it again. Petilata Beged Shikifla, which was doubled over, and was not singed. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, it's tameh, meaning it's still a garment, and, and 
and you cannot light with it, we're going to see why not soon in the Gemara. Doesn't it, doesn't it matter how big it is? Is it shalosh al shalosh? We're going to talk of the Gemara. That will depend on the Amoraim, whether it matters on the size. Yes, we'll see that in the Gemara in a second. Ralph, I'm on. See you soon. Okay. Now, Rabbi Akiva, the opposite. He says, Tehorahi. Tehorah means he switched it already. Once it's doubled over, it now switched and became a wick, and therefore it doesn't get tamed. And you can madlik it, we'll see what that means in a second. Okay, so let's look at the Gemara. So this is the Gemara. The Gemara says, I understand what you machlok it is regarding whether it becomes tame or not. This is the, the point of, of dissension. The Rabbi Eliezer Sabat Kipul Enomoil. Rabbi Eliezer holds that the doubling doesn't do anything. You didn't change the, the piece of garment by doubling it. And therefore, Umilte Kaime Kaima. In its original state, kaima, it still stays, and therefore it's a piece of begin, and piece of begin can become tameh. He holds that doubling does do something. It now switches it, doubling it makes it a wick. And you've negated the garment status of this piece of garment by doubling it and preparing it to light, you've negated it as a piece of garment. So the Mara wants to know now, El Inyan Hadaka, but regarding Hadaka, why does Rabbi Akiva say that you could light with it, and Rabbi, and, and Rabbi Eliezer can't light it? What's the difference if I light Shabbat candles with it or not? Who cares? Why would they argue about that part of it? I understand the Tumah part of the argument, but what's the lighting part of the argument? Now the Gemara is going to have two possibilities of why they're arguing about the lighting. The first one's going to be Rav Ada Baraba. Listen to this one. Now you've got to pay attention. He's going to lead it his, his method. We're going to see that the reason why he's leaning it his way is because he likes that type of method, we think. So it says the Gemara. This is what Dan said before him. We're talking about a case where the size of the garment was in exactly shalosh al shalosh. Shalosh al shalosh means three etzbaot by three etzbaot, which is the minimum size of any garment. Okay. And he tells you another thing that I didn't say in the Mishnah. He says, we're to, dealing with a type of time where it's a holiday like this holiday coming up. A Yom Tov that falls out on Erev Shabbat. This second day holiday over here, Friday afternoon, is uh, the day that we're talking about here, where the guy's lighting Shabbat candles, but it isn't a regular day, it's a Yom Tov day. So what? The And both rabbis both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva, they both agree with the Yehuda. The Amar Masikim Bekelim Be'en Masikim B'Shivrei Kelim. There's a machloket, and Rabbi Yehuda holds that on Yom Tov, you, what are you allowed to throw into a fire on Yom Tov? Let's understand the following. Yom Tov is not Shabbat. You are allowed to put things in a fire on Yom Tov. 
Okay, so nowadays, okay, we have a heater system. But in the older days, you have a fireplace and you're allowed to throw things into the fireplace in order to warm up your home. And therefore, the question is as follows. Can you throw kelim into the fire? Which means if you have a utensil, let's say you have a wooden stick, like the stick that they use, the Ashkenazim like to use for bidikat chametz or wooden spoon, right? And you you don't need the wooden spoon no more. And you want to toss it into the fire and it'll burn up. Can you do that on Yom Tov? On the one hand, it's a keli. It's a fit keli. It's a wooden spoon. You could use it if you want to mix your pot. On the other hand, it's a piece of wood. You can ignite it. So he, this rabbi holds, Masikin, you're allowed on Yom Tov to throw a keli into the fire. But you're forbidden to throw a broken keli into the fire. Why is this? Because since when Yom Tov started, that spoon was a keli. And then on Shabbat, it broke and became firewood. Since it changed into firewood, this Rebbe, Rebbe Uda holds that it is nolad. It became mukseh. Because since it changed its status on the holiday, it became mukseh. It's a broken keli. So you're allowed to use a keli to throw a whole one of the fire. That's fine. But to throw a broken one, Rebbe Uda holds that's not allowed. And we're saying that both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva both hold of Ula, who say, which means that he holds that in order to light something on the holiday, Ula holds that when you light something, you have to make sure that most of the, you can't just light the tip, because on the holiday, you're not allowed to put something out. You're allowed to light it, but you're not allowed to let it go out. So Ula holds that when you light something on a holiday, you have to light it good so it stays lit. Because if you you have to light, most of it has to be a flame. Because if you just light the tip, it might go out. That's not the Avera. And both these rabbis hold to that rule. Okay? And therefore, Rabbi Eliezer Sabah, Rabbi Eliezer, who says that you're not allowed to light with it. Why does he say that? He holds Kippur. Doubling it, it doesn't change it into a wick. So he holds it's still a keli. So if it's still a keli, you should be alive with it. And since you lit it a little bit, because you lit the edge of it, it's now a broken keli. Why is it a broken keli? Because you lit it a little bit. Because since I told you beforehand, it was only three by three. So when you light it a little bit, it's now three by 2.9. And 3.29 is a shiver keli. So you broke the keli. And he holds you not a lot of light with a broken keli on Shabbat, on the, on the holiday. And that's why he doesn't let. Does everyone understand why Rabbi Eliezer doesn't let, according to this rabbi? He holds, look, I had something that was exactly three by three, exactly to the, to the dock. My folding it did not stop it from being a keli. So it's still a keli. Now, it's still a keli. I'm holding a keli. When I light the tip of the keli with my fire, I light the tip of my keli. So now it already took off a drop of the keli, correct? So if it took off a drop of the keli, that means that it's no longer three by three. Welcome, Bish. Right? Now, if it's no longer three by three, it's a shiver keli. And it went into Yom Tov being a keli. 
on Yom Tov it became a Shevet Keli, and everyone holds that Shevet Keli you can't lie with Panya, it's like a broken spoon, so therefore that's why he doesn't let. You with me then? Yeah, but my, my, my question is, is that, did he fold this on Yom Tov or before Yom Tov? He folding it, folding it on Yom Tov. But the folding it, according to this Rabbi Eliezer, it does not do nothing to it. So therefore, it's still just a killing. If the folding would turn into a wick, that's different. But the folding it left in a killing. And a killing that you burnt a little bit now becomes a shaver killing because it's less than three by three. Okay? Yeah. And the shaver killing on the holiday, everyone agrees, according to this rabbi, everyone agrees that you're not allowed to use. And that's why, and it's talking about a case of Elin Yom Tov. That's what it's That's how Rabbi Adibar Abba wants to explain the Mishnah way. Are we clear? Yeah. Awesome. Nassim, you with us? Nassim. Good. Okay. So, let's go further. Says the Gemara, I'm happy to see that what thing's wearing a hat. That's very nice. I see, I see everyone's in the program. Excellent. Yeah. Who's that? Ray, Ray, Ray in the hat? Ray, very nice. Okay. Uh, Rabbi, it's my hat. He's Tehashara for me. Ah, okay, good. Let him, let him get in his own. Yeah, he's, he's good. <laughs> okay, so it says the Gemara. I'm sorry. The Gemara says it's about Kipul and oil. The Gemara says it's about Kipul and broken Kelly. The Gemara says and when you're lighting, that's why it's a sur. No, Kipul Mo'il. He holds that the doubling makes it into a wick. And therefore, Antarat Keli Alav. It's not a Keli no more. When you're lighting, you're lighting with Etz. And therefore, it's, everything is beautiful. And Abba Rabbi Yosef, uh, so Rabbi Yosef says, oh, now that you explained to your Adabar Abba that he says it's talking about this type of case, now I understand. That's why we said that the case was that it was exactly a three by three item, right? I never knew why it had to be three by three, but now the way you explain it, I understand why it has to be three by three, because according to be the exit, once it's three by three exactly, when you light it, and you have to light it good, because like we said, you have to make sure it's lit, lighting good, so you took off a little piece, it's no longer exactly three by three. But if it was a four by four garment, Take your little piece, we're not taking out of a Kelly, and it wouldn't be a problem. You with us? Unbelievable, clear. Wow. I'm psyched that I was able to give that over. It wasn't so easy. Okay. Says the Gemara. Umide Kamataret of Adabar Abba, Aliba Debuda, Shma Midekunda Srinane. Now the Gemara is questioning about this. Or if Adabar Abba explains, that he's going like a Yehuda, that everyone holds you now let a light on Yom Tov with broken killing. That's what's going on. That means that Rabbi himself holds like it. Does Rabbi really hold of this rule that you're not going to use broken killing on Yom Tov? Oh, yeah? Oh, do we have a quote from Rabbi Rabbi himself on the top of Chavdit Amunalf now? He says, No, if you have a goy, if you have a goy who uh, chiseled out a cow, the size of a cow, in a piece of wood that belonged to a Jew on Yom Tov, 
מסיקה ביום טוב, יעולה לו לילה על יום טוב, אבל נולד הוא... It should be a problem נולד, because before Shabbat it wasn't a Kelly, and now it became a Kelly. If Rabbi Eliezer doesn't let, understand the following. If we're saying that Rabbi Yehuda doesn't let anything that's nolad on, on Yom Tov, let me explain what happened to you, okay? We had a statement before that the rabbi was saying that both Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi hold like Rabbi Yehuda. What does Rabbi Yehuda hold? Rabbi Yehuda said that something was not, a, was a keli when Yom Tov started. And during Yom Tov it became a broken keli. You can't be... You light with it on. You can't throw it into your fireplace on your, on the holiday. Why not? Because it's nolad. Now, if you say that, then it shouldn't work in the reverse as well. You should say that that if something was not a keli, and someone made it a keli on Yom Tov, you shouldn't be allowed to do that either. That's also nolad. And therefore, how could Rav Adabar Abba, who said this whole business? That everyone holds like Muda. He must hold like Muda himself. That's probably why he said they hold like Muda. And if so, why would he say that if you have a piece of wood which was not a keli and a goy comes on on the holiday and chisels out to make a keli out of it, right? Then he says you're allowed to use it to light. How are you allowed to light with it? It's no light. The say it's reverse no light problem. Answer to Gemara now. When he explained the Mishnah, he was just saying that they both hold of it. Not that I hold of it. I'm explaining what they hold. They hold like Behuda that you can't use no lot. But I disagree personally. I personally disagree. I'm just telling you to explain the Mishnah. That's all. Don't assume that because I explain the Mishnah like that means I hold like them. Not so. Is everyone with me? Unbelievable guys. You should know that when I prepared this on Shabbat, I'm thinking, I hope I can say this over clearly. I'm not sure if I can say it so clearly. There's so many things going on. And now that I'm seeing what, that everyone's hopping it, because of Dan Marciano being here and Sam Jamor and Irving Bijou. Unbelievable. When I asked before if he folded it on Yom Tov, I was thinking, how can you make the Kli on Yom Tov? Right. So that's not making it. It was a Kli to start with. It was three by three. That was a Kli. So no, now, how can you change it on Yom Tov? It's no lot. I was thinking the same, the other uh, way to break it. So now, but Rabbi Kiva is saying that you're making it into a, according to Rabbi Kiva, he says you're making it into an item, right? So you, yeah. you, know, you do have a good question according to Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says you're switching it to a piece of wood. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's mending something that was broken. You're making it a shaved keli. You shouldn't be allowed to do it, maybe. Okay, maybe you're not allowed to do it. And if you did it, you did it already. Who knows? Okay. Rava Amar. Rava says the following. He says, this is the reason. Now, Rava disagrees with the whole thing we said before. Again, let me just show everyone this thing. I don't know if this is clear on the side. You can read this, but I can't read it, but maybe you guys can. Um, it says over here, I have Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Eliezer is saying, when it comes to uh, Tamer, Rabbi Eliezer says it is Tamer. When you fold it, it's still tamer. Okay, because he holds, folding it does not change it out of garments. Rabbi Akiva says X, it's, it, it is, it's not tamer. You fold it, you changed it. On the other hand, whether you could light with it, Rabbi Akiva says you cannot light with it, because folding it, since it's for, since it, it, it got a little burnt, according to Adar Ava, since it got a little burnt, it's, no, it's a shepherd keli, and therefore it's a problem. And Rabbi Akiva is saying that you can light with it. And he's saying 
that that's because he's saying that once you folded the ring, it became not a keli. So the fact that it got burnt, it doesn't bother us at all. Is this clear? This sign is clear. Beautiful. Now, Rava is going to explain the same machloket differently. Says Rava. Rava Amar. Hainu time did Eliezer. You don't know why he says what he says that it's tabet and you can't light with it. You know what? Why can't light with it? He holds you can't light with something that was not sinned before. And if it's not going to light good, you can't light with it. doesn't light good. And therefore, the reason why you can't light it is because you have to have these rules of what you're allowed to light with. Just like we said, you can't use certain pretty lots. So also you can't use... Uh, a piece of garment that wasn't singed because it's not going to like good. That the Omach Loket is not about whether it's Shifri Kelly or not in Edekim Tolkas. It's a regular case of Edekim Shabbat. And we just want to talk about whether or not it's going to like good. Rabbi Eliezer says we have a decree that we, we, we're afraid it's not going to like good. Rabbi Eliezer is not worried about that. You can't use a pitila that's not mochevet and not a smartut and not a ring like that either. So yes, the Gemara, Elahad Tani of Yosef, Shalosh Al Shalosh Mitzvot Lamai Hilzakah. So why would Rav Yosef say that the case was talking about a case that was exactly three by three? If the whole thing is whether or not it lights good, it, should, it doesn't light good. If it's not singed, it won't light good. If it's four by four, or three by three, why does that have to be three by three exactly? No, that is the Inyan Tuma. That three by three was a Tuma. Because we said, that's without the part that is bent over. There's a piece of the garment that they bend over to, to sew it over there. So that's with, when we said three by three, it's besides that. It has to be exactly three by three. And therefore, when Yosef said it was three by three exactly, he's telling you that. In order to be makabel tu'ah, it has to be three by three exactly, and not three by three with the... It's like the edge of tzitzi, Rabbi. The edge of the tzitzi. Right. There's a little bit that's yeah, further like over. A thicker so you don't think that it has to be three by three plus the thing? No, it's three by three even with the thing, it's fine. And that's all he was coming to tell you. A tumah thing had nothing... That this, the, 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 the fact he told you it was three by three had nothing to do with the lighting part of it. Okay. Now, okay. Amar Yehuda Marav, Masikim bekelim. Yehuda Marav said, "You're allowed to put on Yom Tov. You're allowed to throw into the fireplace on Yom Tov a keli." We said before a case: if you have a wooden spoon and you want to keep your fire going, fireplace going on Yom Tov, you're allowed to throw your wooden spoon in it. But you can't use a broken kilim if they broke on Yom Tov because they became muqseh. Shimon allows lighting, even broken kilim. Right? Another, another thing. You're allowed to put dates into the fireplace. If you, have, if you want your fireplace to keep going and you have a lot of dates around and you don't care for dates much, you can throw your dates into the fire and there'll be fuel for your fire. That's okay. Why? Because you're allowed to move dates around on Shabbat. Dates are not mukse at all, right? After all, you're allowed to eat them, and you can throw them in the fire as well. 
But Achlan, let's say you ate the date on Yom Tov, and now you pulled out the date pits. Date pits, by the way, are flammable. You're not allowed to chuck that date pit into the fireplace. These are the words of Yehuda. Why? Because those are only made, those date pits are only fuel, and therefore you made them from food into a fuel. It's like a no lot issue, and you can't throw it in. Yehuda. allows you to throw in the date pits. Also, you're allowed to throw nuts into your fireplace. If you want to keep your fireplace going, you can throw a nut in. Achlan, if you ate the nut, and Matim Kripo to him, you're not allowed to throw the nut shells into the fire in Yom Tov. These are the words of the Yudah. Now the Gemara is trying to clarify, what do we need all three cases for? Betricha, we need all three cases. If it would only tell me the first case, which is the case of the Kalim Shifri Kalim. That's why Rabbi doesn't allow you to throw a broken Kali. We shouldn't be in Kara Kali, because in the beginning it was a Kali, Bahash, the Shifri Kalim, now it's a broken Kali. But dates, in the beginning, inside the date was a pit. Bahash to Ganim, now it's a pit. Nothing changed about the pit, the pit was always a pit. I would have thunk. Now, if I only said the case of the Shevet Kelly, I was oh, because the, the spoon broke, that's why it's a spoon. But the pit, it was a pit, it's still a pit, you would think it's allowed. And that's why the rabbi has to come and say, no, even this case is a spoon. The he has been got an eam, and if I would tell you the case of the pit, have a mean a hideth, punk. I would say, oh, the reason why is because in the beginning, the pit was covered by dates. And then when you ate the pit, you revealed it. That's why you did a little a little bit of a change to it. Yeah, I didn't change it as much as a Kelly, but I revealed it at least. But the peel of a of a of a walnut was always revealed. You could always see it. And now it's all revealed. And must have been so that was still good. There wasn't no alter. So it says the Gemara, the and this that Rav said, which is the statement that, that you're allowed to use, killing but not killing. La beferish ipra. He didn't say it straight out. but we figured it out from something he did. The Rav Achel Tami. One time, Rav was eating a date on a weekday. And he chucked his seed into the fireplace. Okay? told him, son of big people, he told him, if you tried that on your dog, it would be Asur. So therefore, that's how we figured it out. We wanted did Rav accept what Rav said, or did agree? Tashma. When Rav came to Bel, Achal Tamri, he ate a date on Yom Tov. Vishada keshuta the chavuta and he threw the garen into the thing. My love, Piprasyata, we thought he's talking about Persian dates. Now, there's a big difference between Persian dates and regular dates. 
uh, Persian date, when you eat the date, after you eat the meat of the date, there's nothing left on the on the pit. So it's 100% gal'in. And if Rav would have thrown that into the fire, it would show that he doesn't agree with what Rechia told him. So Moses, let's assume that he was in Persian date, and therefore low kiblak, and therefore he didn't accept the law that you're not allowed to throw pits in that Rechia told him. Law, the Gemara says, no, not necessarily. Maybe he was eating Armenia. He was eating Armenian dates. Armenian dates, even when you take it, when you eat the date, there's a little bit of fruit left on the date. So you're allowed to throw it in according to everyone because you're not just throwing, everyone agrees you're allowed to throw dates in because you're not throwing just Noladin, you're throwing a date with, a, a date pit with a little date in it, so that's okay. Okay. Since it's okay because of the of the stuff that's stuck to the pit, therefore you allowed to throw it. Okay, so far so good. We're now towards the bottom of the page by the one dot. You're allowed to use kelim. You're allowed to put kelim in the fire and yomtes. Kevadadli piyuputa havla shivrei keli v'kamav v'chikamapech v'isurakamapech. He says, if that's true, how come you're allowed to put a whole keli in? Because once you light a little bit, it becomes a broken keli because it got broken, it got burnt. V'chikamapech, and when you take the when you take the thing into the fire and turn over the fire, which everyone does, he's asking a question like this. He says, let's say you have a beautiful wood, right? And you decide on Yom Tov, it's a little cold, so Bij goes over to the Bijou fireplace and throws into the logs on the fire, he throws this extra wooden spoon that the Bijous don't need. Okay? Now, okay, if you wait five minutes, so now that fire is going to consume part of the spoon and make it from a keli into a broken keli. Okay, we don't care. It's in the fire. But it's normal to go to the fire and turn the fire over to keep it hot, to keep it going. And when Bij does that, he's going to be turning over broken keli. How's he allowed to do that? I thought we said you're not allowed to do that. David Kirav Matna. Oh, he's doing it like Ramatna. Ramatna Marav. If you have wood that fell from a tree into your tanur and yom tov, even though it was if you throw more regular wood into it, you're allowed to do it. They had a question like this. Let's say I have my fireplace, right? And my fireplace has uh, growing next to it a tree, right? And on Yom Tov, a, a branch cracks off the tree and lands in my fireplace. Now, what do I do? That, that branch that came off was muksa because it was it was on Yom Tov, it was growing and just cracked off now. And it's in my fireplace. And now muksa, I can't touch my fireplace all the time. What do I do? Says the rabbi, no. If you add enough regular wood in and you bottle the piece that cracked off, you're allowed to do it. So therefore, same thing over here. As long as there's enough stuff in it, you have a bottle it, and you're allowed to turn it over, and that's why it's not. Okay. 
All this was according to Rab Ada Bar Abba, who says the whole thing was a Shivrei Kalim business. Now we're going to learn a brand new pshat, the pshat of Rab Hamnuna. Get ready, guys. Fasten your seatbelts. We got Rab Hamnuna coming up. We're going to have a lot of fun with Rab Hamnuna. Says the Gemara as follows. Rav Amnuna Amar, he says, oh, that machloket, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Eliezer, about, about, Beget, Shekiflav, Lohi Baba, oh, you think that machloket is, is about Shivrei Kalim? I'm sorry, you misunderstood the whole thing. He says, we're talking about the Beget was less than three by three. Umekule matlonot shanukan. We're talking about um, pieces of material that were used, that were very light in his eyes. We'll see what that means in a second. The Azda Rebeleza Tameh, Rebbe Kiva Tameh, they go according to their own reasonings. It's not, of course, we learned in a mission in Meseches Kalim. Now, again, Mesechus Kalim is coming up very, very strong over here in this Mesechta. Okay? Mesechus Kalim is the biggest Mesechta in Shas. It is packed with 30 Pedakim of laws of Kalim. Okay? And this happens to be in Pedak Chavchet, Pedak 28 of Mesechus Kalim. Okay? And it talks about Vahim. Let's say you have a garment that's less than three by three to Vahim. Okay? Sheet Kinul Pekak Bo'etemelchatz. But I used it for a plug for my bathhouse. I have a bathhouse. People like to take a bath in it. And I want to plug up the stopper with this little thing that's less than three by three tefahim. Okay? Or I want to use it or I want to use it as a, uh, an oven mitt to turn over my trolling pot that's boiling hot so I don't burn my hand when I turn over the trolling pot and spill it out. Or, I want to use it to wipe down my rechayim is my mill. Whether I have it separated for it, special for, this, for these purposes, either way, it's Tameh. Tiberi says, if you're using it for that purpose, it's considered Mekabel Tumah, even though it's less than three by three, because since you're using it for this purpose, you're being Machshavit, you're making it by your thoughts, are making it into a Keli, and it could become Tameh. That's Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yeshua, man, Ben Minabuchan, Ben Sheinu Minabuchan, Tahor, he says, whether it's prepared for it, whether it's not, it makes no difference. It's less than three or three. It's tahor, kip, not a tumah, keli. No. If you have it ready, tameh. It's tameh. Shalom minamuchan. If it's not ready, tahor, it's tameh. Everyone agrees. Zarku. Ba'ashba, that if you would take it in this thing that's less than three by three, and you throw it into the garbage, so you show you don't care, Teora can't become Tameh anymore, because he's showing by throwing it, you show you don't care. 
if the, the, the instead of throwing throwing the garbage, the, so you're showing you really don't care about. Hinihubakufsa, if you left it in a special, you have a little uh, box and you put this in a special box put away that you're using it every time to stuff your your thing or to clean your item, then everyone agrees it's tameh. Both even if everyone agrees tameh in that case. What's the machloket? The case is that you, you left it on a hook. You had a hook, and you left it on the hook. Or you put it behind the door. Okay? The meal is a sabah, the meal is a hold. The meal says, listen, the guy didn't throw it in the garbage. That means he wants it. Right? You following me? He, he didn't throw it in the garbage. Look, so obviously he wants it. So then if so, why are we calling it not minamuchan? Why is he calling it not, not prepared? Because it's less prepared. Hanging on a hook is less prepared than putting it in a box. You made, you made it like nothing, right? Why are we calling it Mukhan? It's more Mukhan than throwing in the garbage. Rabbi Kivasa, Rabbi Kivasa holds, When it's on a hook, he holds like Kivasa. But he called it, if he left it behind the door, Sabah can be sure that he holds like Kivasa. And he says, if he left it behind the door, it's not as much. Okay? Rabbi Kivasa ends up agreeing with Rabbi Kivasa. And he holds that it's never considered Mukhan, and that's what's going on over here. So now the Gemara says, Mimai, who told you Rikiva backed out, holds like a Rishua, maybe he still holds like his thing. Amarava, Mediktani Pitilata Beged. We said the Pitila of the Beged. Why do we say the Pitila of the Beged? Right? It sounds like when you say Pitila of the Beged, it sounds like. You you turn the actual beged. It sounds like it's still a beged. Listen, pitila shell beged. Pitilat ha beged is different than shell beged. Shell beged sounds like it came off the beged. Pitilat ha beged sounds like it's still a beged. My pitilat ha beged, the adayin begedu. We see it's still called a beged. That means that that guy must have put it on the on the hook, and still a bichiva says it's taor. That's like a bishua. So you might saying he holds like a Yeshua, and that's what we're talking about here. Okay. Not an easy Gemara, but let's review what we did so far. Okay. We basically had a machlok in the Mishnah of Eliezer and Akiva. The machlok of Eliezer and Akiva was about the, this piece of a beggar that was not singed. Now, about Tuman and Tahara, everyone agreed that the machlok it, Eliezer said it's Tamer. Rabbi Akiva said it's not Tamer. When it says Tamer, it means it's still considered a Beged. Rabbi Akiva is saying it's not Tamer, but saying it's not considered a Beged anymore. Like we just explained, according to this, we're saying that the reason why it's not considered a Beged is because it's, either it's not considered a Beged before we said because it was uh, whether or not the doubling makes a difference. According to what we're saying now, it's not considered a Beged because it's too small. And let me just clarify. Hold on. Again, the, there's a why they argue about whether it's Tamer or not. 
depends. Either if it's talking about a th- exactly three by three, then the machloket is when you double it, do you make it into a petila or not? Really, it says doubling it does not make it petila, so it still gets tamer. Really, Yukibia says it made a bit of petila and it doesn't come tamer anymore. If you hold that it was smaller than three by three, then the machloket about whether or not it becomes tamer or not will be whether or not it becomes now a chashuv item in your eyes, meaning it's talking about a particular case. I have less than three by three, but I put it on a hook behind my door. If I would put it in a in a box, everyone agrees. It, I made it chashuv. I made it tamen. If I throw it in the garbage, everyone agrees it's not tamen because too small, and they throw it in the garbage. But if it's somewhere in between, like behind the door or hanging on a hook, that's the machlok to be given. Whether or not it's chashuv enough or not, and that's basically what we came out. Okay. Now there's also machlok whether you could light it or not. Now that machloket, you could light it or not, there's two, a couple of ways to learn. Either you could say the machloket about whether you could light it or not is like we said in the beginning, Dan, which was that we said in the beginning that when you, um, what, since it was exactly three by three, it might be a shiver keli now. A broken keli, once you light it, since it gets less than three by three, it's a broken keli, and therefore you're not going to use a broken keli. Everyone else can use a broken keli. What was the other shot we learned? Let's see if I remember the other shot. Oh, because it doesn't like good. The rubber says because it doesn't like good. So two pshatim in white lights and two pshatim in white might become tamen. So far, so good, guys. Brand new Mishnah. Beautiful. Okay. Person shouldn't make a hole in a empty eggshell and fill it with oil and put it on Friday next to the, the candle that you lit. In order that it should drip into the extra oil and last longer. You have a nair that has enough oil to last, let's say, three hours. And you'd like it to last longer than three hours. So you fill up a egg shell with oil. You make a little hole in the bottom, and it'll drip out slowly. And as your light is using oil, it'll be replenished from the eggshell. Don't do that. Even if it's made out of pottery, and you might say, oh, well, it's pottery. It's really part of the nair. No, you still shouldn't do it. Because we're afraid you might use some of the shimmer. He says, you're allowed to put a shifuferet on top of it. Even if it's an egg, because we're not worried you can take some of the shemen. Again, the problem is that if we if we let you put the eggshell there, we're afraid that you might say, oh, I don't have enough oil, olive oil for my salad. Your mother's going to come to me, no, I like to put on top of the tahini, I like to drizzle a little olive oil, it looks nice. But we finished all the olive oil. What am I going to do? Oh, I had the olive oil sitting in this egg. That's gonna go drip into the thing. Let me take a little with a with a uh, a, a sponge. I'll take or or a syringe. I'll syringe up a little olive oil. I'll drizzle it over here on the tahini with a little paprika. You know, to make it look nice. Now that would be a sword because since you take soil that was gonna be lit, you're making it light less time. That's misafek mishem and it's a sword. 
אבל עם חמרה היוצר מתחילה. But if the guy who created it connected the, the egg to the thing, or the cheres, the thing, then it's okay. Because it's really one keli, who cares? Once it's connected, it's one keli. Lo yimaleh adam ke'ara shemen, you should not fill up a tray of oil, v'yitinene b'tzad ha'neh, and put it on the side of a neh that's lit, v'yitin rosha p'tila b'tucha, and you'll connect the end of the wick to that one, so it can draw from it. Because it'll draw from it. Right? And we're afraid, why? Because again, the same thing. Who cares? Let it, let it draw. No, because we're afraid you might, again, want to drizzle some olive oil on your tahine to make it look kashubi. And uh, you might, again, do that on Shabbat. Now, why aren't we worried you'll take from the actual nair itself? Because the nair itself, everyone knows it's asur. But this doesn't look like it's connecting. It just has a little thing dipped into it. You don't realize you're taking from the net. When you see the light, you know you take, can't take it. You're extinguishing. But when you connect it to the thing, or it's not connected, then we're worried. The rabbis are worried. Okay. The Matir, he says it's okay. He says we're not worried that you're going to take it out when you have it. Because you, since you, like, like Dan says, since you see that the wick is connected to it, the Rebbe says that's okay. So far, so clear? Okay, beautiful. Says the Gemara, Why do we need all three cases? Right? The Mishnah had three different cases that are really all kind of the same thing. What do you need all three cases for? That's what Dan was thinking when he was reading the Mishnah. Bothering him tremendously. Three cases? Get else one, we'll figure out all of them from there. We're not dumb over here. After all, we're from Debdu. We know everything. Tzricha. We need this one. The Iyash Me'inan B'Shofer If I would only tell you the case of the egg, I would say, That's why the rabbis say that you're not allowed to do it. The Kevadalo Mi'asa, since the egg doesn't get um, saturated, Cheres, pottery gets saturated with oil and gets yucky. But the egg doesn't. Since the egg doesn't get yucky, you're not going to feel bad about taking some of that oil and drizzling it on your tahine because it's it's not yucky. Right? But you might have thunk that if it was made out of cheres, which is pottery, the miyasa, where it does get yucky, maybe the rabbis will agree to Yehuda that you're a ladder. You're allowed to put it next to the net because you're not going to take it because it's yucky to put it on your tiner. And if I only told you the case of the heres, I would say, oh, that's where Huda lets. You know why he lets? Because it's so yucky, you'll never use it. Right? But in the case of the egg, maybe he'll agree to the Rabbanan that it's a real that you might take some of it out. And if I would have told you the case of those two, Yani, the case of the egg and the heres, I would say, that's why Huda says aloud. Because this Shifofredit uh, is not connected. And therefore, it's like its own thing. And we're not worried you'll take from it. But if you have a tray, which is really taking from the dead, because it's right next to it, and you see it, 
And Imam Bodhi, maybe he'll agree that, 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 that it's Asur. Because it's impossible to look at it as one thing. Right? And if we want to say only the case of the Kiala, I would say, that's where the rabbis say it's Asur. But in the other case of the egg, the other one, maybe they agree with the Yehuda. So it's we need all the cases. Now we are up to. Ah, good. Okay. We said that if the yotzer, meaning the, the manufacturer, connected them, from the beginning it's mutar. Tana, we learned in a brighter, if you did it with seed, which is lime, I guess, or with broken um, pieces of levina, of bricks, mutar. But didn't we say hayot said? Didn't we say it has to be done by the in the beginning tonight? My yot said ke'en yot said. Tomorrow is asking a question. It sounds like from the brayta that you could do it afterwards with seed. We sounded like when we learned the mishnah that it has to be done originally from the original pottery maker. That means that's made out of clay, not, not seed. It sounds like if you afterwards retrofit it and you slap a little um, plaster on it, that's not a real connection and it wouldn't be allowed. But now the brightness sounds like it is okay. Or says no. Mike Yotzer, when we said the Mishnah Yotzer, it means Ke'en Yotzer. It has to be like the, the original maker. As long as it's like the original maker, it's fine. Okay. Tanya, we learned in the Brayta. Amr Yehuda, Yehuda says the story. Sometimes we, one time we spent Shabbat in the attic of this guy Bet Natsa. in the city of Lut, they brought us a piece of the betzah and they filled it with oil. They made a hole in it. The rabbis did be to form with them. They didn't say a thing. They must have sent it to Mutar. Amrullah, they told him, that's the proof. He says, no, in Bet Nizir, the people are very, very Zidizin, and they know that they're very careful, and they're never going to touch They're never going to touch it, and therefore that's why they didn't say anything. But a regular person, you're not allowed to do it. So a regular guy, you're not allowed to do it, but if you're Zidizin, it's okay. It sounds like it's not that type of Gzairah, that no one's allowed to break. It depends, depends who you are. Okay. Rabbi. Yes. Uh, isn't there a rule whenever generally the rabbis make gezerah, there's no tachlok, you don't make uh, special uh, exceptions to the rule like? That is true. And they asked that question. You want to know what they say? Yeah. He says here, that all the Xeris and Chazal, they started off being only on the non-Zerizim guys. And then when they saw that it wasn't enough, they made out this reason too. Mm-hmm. 
That's why he says the Kohanim, when they say Kohanim has redeemed him, and we said it was okay before. Same idea, because the rabbis didn't originally didn't put any zizin, and sometimes they added one. This one they didn't, I guess. Okay. Another story that happened in the same place. Abin Sipora, Garar Safsala Ba'alita de Shishya. He dragged a bench in a, in a, he was dragging a bench on a floor that was made out of marble. In front of Ramitzchak Ben if I don't say anything, like my friends didn't say anything, something's going to come out terrible. Right? Meaning, he's worried that if I let you pull it on this floor and you say, oh, I pulled the bench in front of the rabbi, then you're going to say, oh, I can also pull a bench in on a floor that is made out of dirt. So he told him, I'm going to make a gezerah, I'll make a gezerah on a marble floor, because don't drag it on a marble floor, because maybe it'll go on the other one. Okay, and therefore he told him, "Don't drag the bench even on the floor, because we're afraid you might do it on another floor." Resh Knister the Batra, the the guy in charge of the Bet Knesset in this Batra. There are such a lot of He brought a uh, dragged the bench on the dirt from Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabba. So Amalei, Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabba told him. Kiman, who are you pulling it like like? Like Rabbi Shimon, who says you're allowed to do it because he says Devashin with Kaven. And Rabbi Shimon, Begidolim, the law of Shab, Begitanim, Miyamar. Rabbi Shimon, who let you who let you drag a bench, again, the Machlech Rabbi Shimon is whether Devashin with Kaven Mutad. Rabbi Shimon, all Devashin with Kaven Mutad. Why is that you drag a bench? Because it's a heavy bench and you can't possibly carry it on your own. But if you have a small bunch that you could carry, he would never want you to, to drag it. This statement of Yirmiya is the opposite of Ula. So Ula, he says, If you have to drag it, everyone agrees you're allowed to drag it. Matim Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef asks the question, he holds you allowed to drag it as long as you're not trying to make a hole in the ground. It's okay. It's a question on both rabbis. A kise is a small one, and a sasal is a big one. So you see. In the Brighta, that he said both Ketanim and Ketanim. So it sounds like the question on Ula and the question on Rebirmia. Rebirmia says he only lets big ones. And Ula said he only let 
then you only argue about small ones. The big ones are always allowed. And he was saying that it's both. Okay? So Gemara says, Ula Each one's going to answer according to their own reason. Ula 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 is explaining according to his reason. Mita When we said a mita, it's like a kiseh. Which means it has to be a small type of mita. That's all we'll say, right? And you will say, we'll say, kiseh dumit mita. They'll say, kiseh, we're talking about a big type of kiseh that's like a mita. And each one will say that when we said, don't just because you saw the word kiseh, don't think it means small, don't, 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 don't mean it, don't mean it, don't think it means meat, big. Okay, good. Says Gemara, Mati Braba, Mochre Kisut, those who sell garments. Mochrin Kidarkam, they're allowed to sell it normally, even though they're wearing it, they're allowed to sell it, even though it's shotness. Why? Because they're not trying to wear it. As long as they don't have in mind, as long as they don't have in mind as protection from the sun or the rain. But people who are careful, they don't want to do it, they just throw it on a stick over their garment. Over there, you could do like this in Uim and throw it on your back. Kilomet kaven sharet still Rav Shimon allows it lechatchila. But you have to be Yemei Rabba. It's a question of Yemei Rabba. Rav Yemei Rabba is understanding. The Rav Shimon only allows devashin mit kaven if there's no other way. But here you see that Rav Shimon is allowing a guy to wear his shotness clothes because the intimate kaven, even though he has another way, he can put it over his shoulder. Mari says, you're right. It's a question on him. And we have, we, we, we knocked off his thing. He does allow in every, Rabbi Shimon allows in every situation. We're going to end over here at the Mishnah. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen. We'll see everyone in Shabbat tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> Take care. Shabbat Shabbat